find us on Facebook, email us at headtoheadpinball at gmail.com or go to our website at headtoheadpinball.com. Welcome everybody to the Head to Head Pinball Podcast. This is episode 77 and my name's Martin and with me... Lucky number 77, Ryan C. And uh, Marty, our, our next guest has uh, designed no pinball machines because we, we didn't get a guest this week, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> and, our, and our first person we're going to talk about has also designed no pinball machines. Ah, oh, fuck. Well, you, you can lead, Marty, because you wrote the show notes, so go oh, ahead. This is like three weeks in a row I've done the show notes. What has happened to us? We have just switched roles. All of a sudden, I'm going to become a robot. inside joke well kind of Um, okay so the news is John Trudeau oh joy news so uh, just before we recorded we're like oh we can't start with this and I said let's start with it so we can just move on from it okay so effectively we have somewhat been following John Trudeau and his case for child pornography. But effectively, he has gone to court and pleaded guilty to two counts of possession of child pornography. Cool. Mm. (laughs) Next story. (laughs) Fuck. It's just... But this is what it says, though. His guilty pleas in the original two charges appear to be part of a plea bargain deal struck with prosecutors and agreed by the judge. They are stipulation of facts, guilty pleas, which means that he accepts the truth of the facts presented without directly admitting guilt. Mm, what does that mean? I don't care. He's not going to be working well again. Horrible person. You are horrible. It's so weird because when you, when you look at someone and you think they're normal, you're like, ah, oh, he looks a bit creepy, but you know. He's probably not. That's just me being mean. Mm. And and then you kind of like know what they've done and and like I don't know. I was looking at his like mugshot and, and like just staring into his soul. I'm like, oh fuck. I feel like I'll go wash my hands and have a shower. Like it's, it's disgusting. Um, Marty, how can we have how can we have no guests? We have no guests for the first time in ages, and we're fucking talking about. Ah, it's horrible. I'm ringing someone. Who have we got? Who are you gonna ring? Um. Christopher Franchi hasn't been on a podcast in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, two weeks. Well, he he's, hasn't been on it for like six days or something. I'm going to see if he answers his I think it's four o'clock in the morning where he is. I'm going to see if he answers his phone. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I got his number. Probably. Anyway, what's next, Marty? Hello? <laughs> Hello? Hello? Uh, is that Christopher Franchi? <laughs> yes. <laughs> How you going, buddy? We're um we we don't have any guests, so I know you haven't been on a podcast in a while. Would you would you like to talk about your inspiration behind the Munsters art? Oh, at four in the morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it actually is this time. Last really? time we faked it, so. Uh. <laughs> you guys are dicks. <laughs> <laughs> we really are. Uh, what's what's going on, Chris? What now? <laughs> I, I don't know. Monsters. How, how many how many pim, how many pinball machines are you producing this year? 
Chris, the art for? Did you say it was like four or five or something? No. <laughs> no. Um, maybe two or three. But I don't know. Actually, I don't even know what's going on right now. We're kind of at a stall with some things. So I don't know if, uh, if uh, you know, the, the two or three are going to pick up or it's going to end up being two or it's going to end up being one. I don't know. Well, okay. So, tell me about the Munsters VIP experience. That's what I want to know about. The Munsters VIP experience. Well, um, what that is was what you know when uh, when um, Ed was telling me that that he was having Butch, Patrick, and Pat Priest out there. My wheels kind of started spinning, and I thought, like, well, wouldn't it be cool if we did? You know, because obviously, you know, I'm going to be a guest out there. Obviously, I was going to throw together a, you know, a Munsters print or something. Usually, whenever I do a show, I bring something, you know, special related to whatever I was working on, you know, to the show. I've done Guardians prints and Batman prints before. And uh, so I was thinking of doing a Munsters print. And uh, I don't know, my wheels just started spinning. And I thought, you know, it'd be neat if we did something a little more special than just doing a print. So I thought, like, you know, what if what if we did a special print had had you know, uh, rather than it just be like sort of monsters art, like let's feature Eddie and Marilyn, you know, real strongly in the artwork, and then put a little box for them to sign it, and then have a little box for me and John to sign it, and then once we started talking about it, you know, he was willing to bring everybody in, so not just me and John Bork, but also Dwight Sullivan and uh, Jerry, the guy who did the uh, the sound. So, so there we go. We got uh, 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 an art print that all six of us can sign, which is pretty special, and there's only going to be sixty four of those. And uh, and then you get a mug that has. Um, Was that your idea, the, uh, Chris? The, you the do little... like your mugs. Well, the... yeah. The pro... well, that was actually Ed's idea. Um, the, the promo image doesn't even show the good side of the mug. There's like a, you know, the artwork of a family group shot on the other side. Um, but the side that's shown in the ad is just kind of like, you know, Munster's VIP experience or whatever. It's just like sort of the logo side, the other side of the mug's better. But, uh, you get that, you have a special laminate, um, special meet and greet sort of a thing. I have to look at the details cause I, I, I just kind of dumped out a bunch of ideas and he put it together, and honestly, I haven't even—I saw the image, but I haven't even read the details, so I don't know what he added to it. But uh, you know, just the birth of it was just really, in, uh, you know, because of the release of the game and having the, the you know, the two only remaining cast members there, uh, we thought it would be, you know, fun to do something more, you know, more special than just. You know, hey, there's an art print available. You know, and you can go have them sign it if you want. Uh, you know, <laughs> just, <laughs> let's take advantage of them being there and do something really unique. So, awesome. All right. Anything? Anything else you'd like to say in this mini impromptu 4 a.m. interview, Christopher Franchi? Well, you know, yeah, yeah. I am actually pissed about something um, that I could get off of my chest. Um, is it? Is it regarding chalupas? If. if <laughs> <laughs> actually it is actually i had somebody stand on their lawn or stand on my lawn and tell me my chalupa sucks in a matter of speaking um you know unfortunately i'd have to give 
uh, you know, I have to give credit to, to this person and they're probably going to get more airplays than they normally would because of the amount of people I listen to your show compared to that listen to their show. But, uh, just to clarify something, since he wanted to stand on his soapbox for 30 minutes, uh, a certain Mr. Taylor Reese from this flipping podcast decided he would stand on his soapbox for 30 minutes and explain that if you draw a picture of statues that already exist, you're drawing art of art and that is an art. And he went on for 30 minutes trying to explain this and he went on his co-host was like, yeah, no, you know, like you could tell his co-host thought he was full of shit. So he just decided he would keep going until his co-host would either agree or cave in. And you can kind of tell if you listen to it, that he just kind of caved in. He was just kind of tired of listening to him talk about this. He basically said the same thing 20 different ways in the span of like 30 minutes. Um, so, uh, to rebut him without going on his crap show, I would simply say, <laughs> I would simply say, if what he says is true, then everybody has to just put their paintbrushes and pencils down right now because you can't draw anything. If you draw a picture of the Statue of Liberty, that's somebody else's art. You can't draw it. If you draw a picture from a photograph, photography is art. So you can't draw that either. If you want to draw a picture of Frankenstein, a creature from the Black Lagoon, stop right now because that makeup is somebody's artwork and you can't draw it. The obvious thing is I, I looked at the photo of the statues and your art and you've had to like completely redraw their faces because they're in different poses. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted different expressions and, and different angles and things. So, so yeah, his he drew it exactly like it is in the photo is incorrect. There's actually other little tweaks, too. I moved hands and different things just to make it the way I wanted. But, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, hello, I'm not a fine artist. I mean, I'm not – I could do that if I wanted, but if I did, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be drawing – paintings of monster statues you know i'd be you know trying to convey an emotion about something or whatever and i'd have a gallery showing you know what i'm doing is commercial art that's different you know drew struzan who's the most amazing poster artist on the planet he's actually retired now but he did the star wars and the indiana jones and you know et like everybody's most memorable you know childhood memories of, of movie posters this guy did and I watched a documentary on how he creates his stuff. And the first thing he says right out loud is basically, I trace the photos because I have to, this is commercial work. I have to get it done quick. I have to get it done accurately. And I don't have time to mess around. Sure, I could do it if I wanted, but it would take a lot longer to hand draw it. Now, I don't do that. But my point is, that's the difference between commercial art and fine art. You know, you have to, or, you know, he was kind of trying to throw me under the bus and say, like, you know, how Jeremy did, uh, you know, Deadpool, and it was all, well, that's a comic book. You're allowed to do whatever you want. You know, you can make his head look more square rather than round, and, you know, what you can take those, those liberties if you want, because it's a comic book. It's not real. But when you're drawing the monsters, those are real actors and real clothing, and you have to draw it that way. If you don't, it'll just look like a comic book. So uh, a big difference, if you know what you're talking about, you wouldn't have spent 30 minutes talking about that and going off on a rant. It was obviously a witch hunt. I don't know why. 
I've never done anything mean to the guy. We used to be friends on Facebook until I heard that rant and went and checked and noticed that I was gone. So I don't know, whatever. (laughs) Well, at the end of the day, we we are speaking to you now and Munsters has been released. You've got to have been happy with the response that people have had to the art package, right? To most people, yeah. <laughs> well, how, how, yeah, you know, how, you don't expect... how many people? How many people are unsatisfied, though, uh, Chris? I mean, like we've talked about this before, and and you know, I think your response was, you know, with with the Beatles art that like the people that you respect are the ones and, and value their opinion is is the like mostly the one that you listen yeah. to. If, if if you don't think someone knows what they're talking about, then they can't really yeah. get you mad. But like, you know, with with what you're talking well, about well, here. Yeah, yeah. But let me clarify that a bit because when I just hear you say it, it sounds wrong. Um, <laughs> it's not like anybody who who you know isn't an artist can say I don't like that artwork. You know, it, artwork is subjective, and then I always say whenever I create an art package for something, I know not everybody's going to like it. You you try to please everybody, but you know they're not all going to like it. So that's fine, and I respect other people's opinions. But when people go overboard like Mr. Reese did, you know, and, and obviously went on a witch hunt, you know, that's the kind of stuff I don't respect because that's, there, there's, there's different motivations there. And, you know, for whatever reason it is, I don't know. And I don't care to know. Yeah. Look, I, I guess, you know, we know, we know art is, art is subjective, but I guess it's when I've noticed it before when people sort of attack, I guess your technique and they sort of, you know, question your ability as, an illustrator, well, that that's that's when it gets personal, right? Because art is subjective. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, it, it, I've I've read some where people, you know, I, I've, honestly, I haven't read anything where anybody was just outright against the artwork and didn't like it. You know, there were people saying, I don't like the black and white one, and you know, I don't like the cabinet on the alley. You know, but it wasn't excessive one way or the other. Just a few people here and there. Um, you know, overall, I think it was a you know fantastic response. So, you know, I would take this one on every game I do in the future. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the fact that the Ellies uh, have you know, you know easily sold out, plus they're making more. Like, doesn't that scream louder yeah. than people saying they don't like it? Like, it, they, yeah, that the Ellie crowd is the one you almost not have to please the least, but if you please them enough that Stern want to make another hundred, then obviously you're doing something them. right. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I feel the same way. Um, but then the people who are against those extra hundred, I feel at fault. <laughs> like, well, maybe if I did a, you know, a crappier job, they wouldn't want one. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think the response is great. I, I think everybody on the team worked really hard and, and, uh, you know, did a great job, but, you know, I, I think Borg's at the top of this game right now. And, and, uh, you know, um, Dwight, um, from what I know, I don't know a ton about the code. You know, we did go over some of the basics when we were designing the game, but you know, what his intentions on all that, I really like, I like the, uh, you know, the games that are, they can kind of go either way. You can just have fun. If, you know, if you know the basics of pinball and you just show up and bang things around, but also at the same time, you know, there's, there's a deep rule set or there, you know, there will be a deep rule set in place. Um, that uh, you know would satisfy the uh, the more hardcore pinball fans. So uh, awesome, you know, I, I just I think it's a fantastic game. You know, all in all, when I you know, it's always cool when you see the the reveals because I never see everything put together. You know, I do cabinet art, back glass art, 
play field art, art blades, you know, the back box art, all the plastics and bumper caps, all of that stuff is done separate. And I never see it put together until the reveal. Don't, so, don't, don't you have it on like you know, some it, kind like, of like, I don't know, some computer program that, uh, like I remember when they first kind of revealed, it. yeah, like when they first revealed Game of Thrones, I thought it might have been fake because they use like these high quality renders, but it was like so, uh, it was like a little bit off that it looked like it, someone might have just like mocked it up or something. Um, and, and it wasn't a real photo yeah. of the machine. And I, I don't think they've done that again, but don't you get that at least? Like, don't yeah. you get some kind of mock-up of it? No. No, I, um, if, if I take the time to do it, I can stack the plastics and lay them on the play field and kind of put like a drop shadow behind them, which I've done in the past. And I think that was actually shown in some reveals. I think uh, the, uh, the the leak on those, uh, that the, that power play presentation for the Monsters, I think showed the play field like that, where there were no flippers or things like that, but all the plastics were in place. And that was just artwork stacked on top of one another, but you never get you know to see the whole picture. So, and I'd kind of prefer it that way, actually, you know, as long as I think I was accurate with everything that I did, it's fun to, to, you know, kind of be a part of the reveal with everybody else, you know, granted, I know what's coming in a sense, but you know, I, I get to see it all put together for the first time, just like everybody else does. So that was all, that's you know always exciting. Awesome, and I hopefully we'll either get to play it before TPF or at TPF, and I will see you there. Yeah, are we going out drinking? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I'll be. I'll be I'll, I'll, are you guys both driving drunk? No, it's just me. Me, me and Marty can't be at the same place at the same time anymore. That's it's a new role. Um, yeah, th- th- thanks for coming. You thanks for answering the your phone. That it's actually one person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, head to head. That's where we connect. Yeah, correct. Um, right. Yeah. Thanks for, um, thanks <laughs> thanks for, for answering your phone, phone. Chris. And so, yeah, sorry. It's, it's, it's 4 a.m., so I'm sorry. <laughs> Not sorry. Yeah. Uh, Barlow's looking at me like, what the hell are you doing? We're supposed to be sleeping right now. <laughs> But now I'm all uh, fired up. I'm going to go get some <laughs> coffee. <laughs> all, all right, right guys. It was nice talking to you, as always. All right. See you soon. Yeah. Bye, mate. Right. See you. It wasn't that better than talking about the first news topic, Marty. <laughs> it really was. I, I thought you must have organized that, but obviously not. No. No, I was just looking through my phone, and yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so let's move on to... Three, Chris are franchised three weeks in a row, so someone has to get him on next week. Cause it has to, I want to just see Tyler, if we get Chris of franchised on Tyler Reese's show. Yep. I, I listen to that episode, but I listen like at, at a really fast speed to their show because they talk very slow. So it probably was half an hour. It didn't seem that long to me. Um, he was just kind of talking about, yeah, that... I don't know. He, like he should give credit. Like when you, it was a bit of a weird thing. He wanted like when you get to the wizard mode, you get credit for, like the artwork gives you credit or, or something like, hey, this artwork was based off the statues or something, which I think would be a really shitty wizard mode. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was yeah, I, I wasn't offended by it, but I didn't do the art. So. No, fair enough. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we've gone bad to good. Let's talk about Ben Heck. Oh my gosh! Five fast Ben Heck Ben Heck thoughts, Marty. Mm-hmm. Give them well, to me. Uh, <laughs> are we really doing this? Go for it. Okay. He doesn't like spooky. That's number one. What's the What's the second one, Marty? He's got a bit of resentment, a bit of anger building up. 
Yeah. B- building up, he's not he's not releasing it, Marty. What's the third it's one? Vent- the, the one the third one is it's vented all over the place. So yeah. he he yeah he and has now also mentioned that it was pretty much the Evil Dead that he was working on. Yeah, uh, it, it was kind of rumored of that, but we you know out of respect for everything, we didn't mention anything um, because who knows they might have gone back to the license or, or whatnot, and you don't want to. Yeah compromise that in any way but yeah ben heck uh is is on the forums again what's read the quote marty do you have a quote there of which one i don't know just all of them i mean i do it says gee if only a ben heck designed evil dead pinball could have existed so cool right he said yeah imagine how satisfying it would be for a trapdoor to open fire a ball into it slam shut and the action moves to a lower playfield basement what company would waste such cool ideas and do Alice Cooper instead? Ah, <sighs> the one of the first ones was um, people were talking about America's Most Haunted, and Ben Hex said, "No more updates for America's Most Haunted." The only reason I did the 2006 update—that's when I actually owned the machine—was uh, to boost people's opinions on Spooky Code commitment because at the time Rob Zombie sucked. I cared then because I had a future game. Now I don't. Screw it. So that's, that's, that's exactly what you want to hear from your... Uh, well, I guess it's like an ex-contractor or ex-employee, but that's... I mean, that would be every ex-employee, though. Like, any ex-employee that was working on code for a game, they no longer work there, you know. I don't think they're going to be like, oh, I'm going to work on this on my own time. He, he doesn't work there anymore. Um, yeah. But there's, there's more. There's more, right? There is. I don't know. Did we read Charlie Emery's thing? No. I'm going to read it. I don't give a fuck. Go, read um, it. Go Charlie Emery wrote back. Okay. Uh, he is responding to Ben Heck because, I mean, Charlie Emery is not out there on the forums, like, jabbing at Ben Heck. Like, we, we actually had Charlie Emery on the show the week that the Ben Heck and Charlie split up happened. And we didn't get him on for that reason. We had him scheduled in, uh, I believe. Yeah, we did. it just happened to, to happen that week. And we asked... Uh, Charlie to kind of discuss it and he was pretty um, amicable about it and he you know he was just saying like whenever Ben wants to come and work here again like he's he's welcome to come we had Ben on the show um, you know Ben cracked a bunch of jokes about pretend to care money um, and that's what I guess that's what he kind of um, was talking about there but anyway this is Charlie Emery back to Ben Heck this is your your daily dose of uh, pin sides pinball industry drama uh you started quitting during your america's most haunted because uh you had zero faith in the pinball buying public due to a slow sale start i still have the sorry i have to scroll uh email with you saying exactly that i offered you half the company to become a full partner during america's most haunted because i thought it would be the best for all of us and i was really afraid you were going to leave you were making too much money and you couldn't risk it. So you passed and I had accepted it. You quit during Rob Zombie. You quit at least every other week while we had you on the payroll, helping with Alice Cooper Nightmare Castle and designing your next game, which I guess was Evil Dead. Uh, the license on your game came down to one camp asking for more money than we had to give. We tried to make it work with them uh, and we offered you multiple options to choose other licenses and uh, offered to make you whatever original game you wanted, uh, which would have given you more creative control. Yes, Marty? I was going to say, you weren't satisfied with any of this, so you quit. Then you quit more, then you quit publicly. 
Yeah. The spinal. Sorry, you can read it because I'm I'm reading it on my phone and I have to. Like, I know. I've got the whole zoom thing. Zoom in yes. and scroll back no, and right. Yeah. So despite all this, we still hoped to help you finish the game we paid for you to develop, even up to a couple of months ago. Having it sit here collecting dust sucks, but you can't stop attacking me slash spooky publicly and stating your version of history. So the desire to do that is fleeting fast. You chose not to be here. We never wanted you to leave. First and last time I'll say anything on this publicly. This should have been between Ben and Spooky, period. I've never denied and never will the importance of Ben Heck helping Spooky getting started. Typing any of this sucks. Frowny face. Yeah, it, it's kind of sad. Um, but, I mean, these these stories exist, Marty, and I'm sure stuff like this do. happens like every couple of months, but everyone is very tight-lipped about it. And it's not until, you know, like 20 years later where you get to hear a story and... Um, I was actually listening to the David Thiel interview that he did with uh, Brody Even Pimble, which was just an amazing interview. And it's like two hours, something long. And I, I just couldn't listen to it the week that it came out. And I finally got to listen to it. And David was also being very candid. And he kind of said, well, well, this is what kind of happened at Stern with, with this project, with X-Men. <laughs> and um, it was quite a funny story. And he's like, well, I'm never, pro- I'm probably never going to work. You know, I'm very confident I'm never going to work there again. Um, so I'll tell the story. And that's what it comes down to is is it's a small industry. Uh, if you if you burn your bridges, then you know you might never work in the industry again. So you only get the actual true story when someone is confident that they're like they're, they're retiring. Yeah, or it's they like they're, they're point of no or... return. They're like, well, I'm not going back, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So the story I want to hear, Marty, is what happened to Guardians of the Galaxy when it came out. Because I know something bad happened to that game uh, with, with the way the artwork – not the artwork, sorry, the artwork's awesome. The sound. The, 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 the sounds and the visuals and, and just the, you know, the modes, the music. I, I'd love to know the real story. It's never going to get out. That's, that's the one story where everyone just tiptoes around like, yeah, licenser, this, that. You know, that's just how it works. Yeah, exactly. So that's five fast thoughts of Ben Heck. There you go. Um, on the weekend, Ryan, over yes. in America, things happen in America. Did you know? Yeah, they had. They don't. They had the. Well, that's right. They had the state championship series, and I think the provincial championship series as well. So this is all the states and provinces of North America, all battling it out at a state level to then have a representative that goes to the nationals, mm-hmm. and they pretty much happened this weekend. And, I mean, look, there's how many states in America? 50? 15, 20, maybe? I don't know. What? I'm, I'm 50. Kidding. I'm kidding, right? <laughs> okay. I think there's like 52 or something. I don't know. Anyway. So. There's 50. There's 50. No, I'm pretty 50 sure. exactly, isn't it? No, because I think, well, with this as well, because there's also um, a couple of the um, Canadian provinces. Anyway. Whatever. So, all we'll say about the state championships is that they happened over the weekend. All people got into the finals, and there you go. Lots of monies as well. Lots of money was handed out. Correct. So, I think the finals were in Vegas. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's in Vegas. It was in Vegas last year, so maybe it's in Vegas every year. So, could be. Yeah. Yeah. It's in it's in March, so you can go to Vegas, hang out there for two weeks, Marty, and then go to TVF Mm. if you really want to. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Might do that. All right. What else we got, money? Well, we've got uh, Deadpool news. Massive news, Ryan. Yeah. The uh, the 
what is it the, the vinyl the vinyl the record yeah the only news the, the bit that i care about this is that on the little flyer thing for it it said hey this came out before the other game got its topper that's funny mm, hilarious so get that joke in an eight out of ten so all those people that received their vinyl well done now go out and buy a record player <laughs> it's a collectible, Marty. Like Funko Pops. You just stick it up on your thing and say, look yeah. at the shit. Look at the stuff that I have. Yeah. I've got stuff. All right. So um, speak, speaking of things that have shipped, Ryan. Yes. The Stern 30th anniversary book has finally shipped. Is that is that why that's here, Marty? Yeah. It's quite the opposite yeah. of that. So yeah. we had another update. Hello, Kickstarter backers. Oh, that starts nice and positive. <laughs> As I wonder the, how many people care about this stern book that we always have on the house. I don't know. There's that many people in it. But but every time, because obviously, you know, it, it's well documented, the horrors that I've had with Kickstarters. Um, and Kickstarter updates usually arrive on a Saturday morning for me, which means Friday night probably for the rest of the world. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I'd get up in the morning, have my coffee, get up on the balcony, open up my phone and go, okay, what emails have I got? And there would always be a couple of updates from Kickstarter. And just towards the end, I would just look at them and go, oh, fuck. I just don't want to know. Is this going to be another one telling me that they're falling over? Yeah, like, give me the tracking number or shut the fuck up. Correct. So, this is what this one says. Hello, Kickstarter backers. As the title suggests, we are rounding the bend with a layout and photoshopping. We're still missing a few machines, but have been in contact with the Las Vegas Pimble Hall of Fame about doing what will hopefully be our final shoot there. When we first approached this project, we assumed that there there were studio-quality photographs of most, if not all, machines. But we could not have been more wrong. As it turns out, no one has really photographed most of the games we need in the way we need them for a book like this. Mm. Mm. So what are they doing, Marty? How how do they get these photos? What's the best way to get them? The best way is to fly to Banning, California and set up a mini studio of some kind and, yeah, take photos of machines. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So yeah. some of the images so take that, over an hour. There are 100 machines and an average of 30 images per machine, which works out to over 1,500 hours of Photoshop alone. When I saw the update, I was like, hey, this is kind of cool and good news because at least they're doing something, uh, you know, and it's getting somewhere. And then I kind of read the comments and I was like, oh, yeah, because people were like, like... Didn't the you have these you- images already was the first question. No, not that. The The images are not stock like the game out of the factory is like what the purist wants to yeah. kind of see right it's it's like this game came out like this with this color and these features and that's that's the game that stern produced because they're they're celebrating stern and i think in the video i didn't watch the video but someone was like like look at that game it has like powder coated legs that are different yeah, color like that's that's, right. that's not the game yeah. and it has mods and it has this and that like that's not original um so i don't i don't know what's going to happen there, I mean, I'm not. Sure. I don't think Stern would be happy with like yellow powder coated legs on a on a game, or like mm. you know, bright blue this and mods like like measles mods on on their games. Like that, that's not them. That's that's not Stern, and they have their name on it. So um, maybe they'll have to add some more photoshopping hours, money. Yeah, it's we're not going to get it this year. Yeah, if at all. That's the update. Is really yeah. it? Um, so, speaking of tournaments, Ryan. The Australian mm-hmm. Championship Series, the ACS, is on yes. in a couple of weeks. Are you going? 
I am going. I'm currently seed 34, which sucks because I'm in like this insane group where everyone is the death group because everyone's either the current champ or the former champ and all the guys making up the numbers after me are actually way better players than me. They just play in a state that doesn't get many, many comps. So I need someone really early to drop out and that will change the entire seating and I'll be in a different group. Thank you. There you go. But yeah, I'm going. I'm going. It's it's the flights are booked. Combinations booked. I just I think they have to pay the entry fee into it. Uh, we've got a sponsor, Marty, for the for ACS. We do. So amusement machine distributors, AMD. Um, we've had Michael from AMD on the show before. They are well. They've announced. So we're pleased to announce that AMD will be the major sponsor for the IFPA Australian Championship Series, and will be contributing three thousand dollars in cash to the ACS prize pool. Uh, they will also be bringing along a Beatles Gold Edition to be used in the competitions. The peasant gold edition. Um, so yeah, hey, we 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 got some. We know someone that's getting the gold, yeah. so we should we should go and get you should go and practice. camp there and and stay there in the garage. Apparently, is what I heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? So I, I okay, cool. So you're you're literally going to go over there and and camp there, but anyway, we'll see how we go. But I think that's cool. Um, similar to the kind of like the whole dollar gate thing, throw some cash out there. It gives. It's a bigger profile. So there you go. Well done. Thank well, yeah, you. there'll be entry entry fees as well go towards the, the prize, right? Like that's yeah. 3000 plus whatever it would, would have, it's going to be before. So it's is it it's February 15 to 17. Is that right? Yeah. Have you not, you not booked tickets or anything, Marty? Well, no, because I'm driving. Ah, oh, that's right. You're driving. <laughs> I am driving because I am going to have this car full of all my gear because we are going to be streaming the ACS on the Melbourne Super Bowl League Twitch page. Cool. So, uh, do you have a plan of attack on how you're going to stream like all the machines there and, and which events you're going to stream? Oh, I'm only going to be really streaming the main event. Um, okay. And I'm obviously not going to be able to stream all the machines. I don't have that kind of equipment just yet. I am buying more and more cameras as we go. So I think by the time we get there, we'll be able to stream six machines. Well, you know, click between them. I'm tempted. I will say I'm tempted to set up a Carl D'Angelo trademark mobile stream. Yeah. Isn't I mean, if you, if you had that, couldn't, I mean, I know you have to still like have a bunch of, you know, cameras set up and, and not move, but couldn't you almost like just need that? And then just just keep on switching it from one to another. I could, but the reason why I'm not is two reasons. One, because I'm competing, yes. and two, probably even Carl more competed. so. Carl no, competed. no, 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 no. But here, two, <laughs> which is more importantly, I've got two weeks to buy the equipment, put it together, test it, and make sure that it works. So I'm going to be so worried that this technology is not going to work. Plus, you have to build like a custom frame well, as well. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think he bought that from the shops. You know, he like, custom built the, so, the frame. It, it's yeah. just not going to happen. So, we're going to do the best we can. So, anyway. hey, Carl, send send Marty your uh, your specs for the the mobile rig. Thank I, you, Carl. The, the specs are up on Tilt Forums. So, ah, not yeah. the not, not the cameras he uses. Like, oh, you the, mean the, like the, the frame? Fr- the frame. The frame's it's the most important there. thing, right? Like in the past, when he he's been very open. This is what I like about Carl. I mean, I like a lot a lot of things about Carl. But one thing I like about Carl is, I mean, he knows the standard he does can't be matched. So he's like, you know what? Here you are, guys. Here's everything it takes to build a setup like mine. Go crazy. 
so so he did. Yeah. I remember I'm, I've, I the um, streaming thread on Tilt forums is the most regular thread that I go to, um, and it's where I've built was well, where I've got most of my equipment. Effectively, is from the list that Carl put up there. So there you go. All right. The next news story is about uh, CGC, and uh, this one this one might have gone under the radar a, a little bit, um, but basically CGC kind of like made an update, and I won't read the entire update, but basically they're saying that hey, we apologise that you know there've been delays with you know not a lot of LEs and and uh, special editions going out, and it's more of the it's not the pro edition, what's it called, the standard edition, and the reason why they're doing that is that the Post, they don't digitally print their machines. They use like uh, is it called like skill, silk screening? Silk screening. Um, with yeah. ten spot colors. Yep. Ten spot. Yeah. Instead of like four or whatever it is, and basically, their the end result of the playfield is at differing quality. So when they inspect the playfield, they're like, "This is not the alley standard." Kind of like you know what um, the playfield mob. I can't remember the name. Um, does like CPR. CPR gold, CPR silver, CPR bronze. So they're doing the same thing. So the alleys all get the gold, like the, the best of the best. Um, when they produce it, if they don't come out right, um, well, they either scrap it if it's not good enough, but if it's kind of like passable, they put it on the standard edition. And there's obviously that that could have been going on for, for ages, but it's the first time I think they've, they've admitted that and it made people a little bit angry because – they were saying, well, hey, I'm still buying the same machine. Shouldn't I get the same quality playfields? I don't want to say, well, if I buy the cheapest version, that means I get the cheapest quality print. Mm, fair enough. You don't give a shit, do you, Marty? Um, I, look, what are we, we, we had the, the standard edition that came out to us, didn't we, when we saw it at Flipout? No, it's a special, special edition. They just looked spectacular. I, I think as long as the playfield looks as good as an original uh, Monster Bash, I'd be happy. Yeah. But but also, remember I, last week Last week I said I'd always have to have the most special one. So if I felt that there was one out there that had a better playfield than mine, I would always covet that one. Okay. So, anyway. Right. Yeah. I can't, I can't put my... I can't... I'm just trying to think if I would get annoyed if that was me, but I, I just don't know. I, don't, I enjoy playing pinball more than getting a magnifying glass out and, and, and looking, but I, yeah. yeah. The, the the differences that people kind of showed the pictures of weren't noticeable enough for me. Yeah. There you go. Shall we do Social What's Media that, Watch? Sure. Social Media Watch. Well, I think that there's really been only one thing that's dominated social media the last week. What's that, Ryan? Um, <laughs> I see what you wrote here. <laughs> Facebook is, is being assimilated by the Borg. Um, John Borg is on a massive social media rampage. Like, what John Borg does is he goes into hiding when he like doesn't have a game out, and like you don't see anything posted on his Facebook if your friends with him on Facebook for just months on end. And if you if you write a message to him, he doesn't respond. And then when a game is coming out, <laughs> John Borg right. is like, "Here I am, guys." Yeah, he's like a grandma on social media, like. Check out this song, guys. <laughs> Look at this. Look at that. I do know what I think I'm, it is, though. I, I, this is what I think it is, right? He's excited, man. He's, well, yes. He's excited because 
he's released a game where there's been very little criticism. So yeah. he's just like, oh shit, yeah, I can actually put my head out here and people won't chop my head off. Yeah. And um, I kind of, it's like that documentary, the Pin 2000 documentary, when uh, Cameron Silver was talking about how he, he hated working on uh, the Star Wars game because usually he would work with, you know, like 100 people or, you know, however many it was at Williams and bounce ideas off them. But because of like non disclosure agreements and, you know, the Pin 2000 and whatever, and the fact that they got to read the script, they were kind of like sectioned off in his room. And it was like, it was so miserable because you don't get to kind of like tell people about what you're working on. And, I guess this is like that to a, a lesser degree that every person that's working on a game would love to share, you know, YouTube videos of, hey, and now I'm doing this, and now I'm doing that, and, and take you along the journey. But it has to just be a secret for a year and a half, or however long it takes, and then finally get to just explode on social media like John Borg has. Okay, so so I alluded to it when last week, and, and I'll elaborate a little bit more. So last week when we spoke to Dwight, Dwight said, well, why are you buying an LE without playing it or, you know, seeing it. The correct answer is because I'm fucking nuts or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. This is what I will tell you. I had heard through a very, very reliable source Mm -hmm. that John Borg had said that he reckons this is the best layout he's done in years. Okay. So, when I saw it, I went, that looks great. That looks like the ultimate Borg layout. He's just done everything right. So I think he knows. I think he knows he's absolutely delivered something that uh, has really won everybody over. So he's out there telling the world. Good on him. Good on him. Enjoy the moment. Awesome. This week in Slam the Top, Ryan has no emotions. (laughs) That's right. You can tell. You can tell I did the show notes. Yes. Asshole. So, so let's let's recap on what we spoke about last week, and then talk about the question that you put up on Facebook that only semi relates to what we talked about last week. You won the argument, Marty. So. No, no, I know, I know, I am fucking ready to gloat. So okay, let's go. go for it. No, well, yeah. So last week we talked about when I mentioned that Iron Maiden was going. I talked about the fact that I didn't have a connection with this machine. And you thought I was fucking mad, didn't you? It just does, just didn't make sense. I just thought that was a just a, a shitty excuse to sell a game. No, and no, then, sorry, it's not a shitty excuse to sell a game. I just didn't think it was genuine that if you opened the game, you would have somehow liked it more. No, and and I then had to further clarify on on Facebook as well because people thought it was all a bit of mixed messages. So remember, all I was saying was that I didn't connect with this machine. So you put up a poll on Facebook which said, can you personally form a relationship with a pinball machine that makes it feel more feel like more than an inanimate object? I'm not going to mention the fact that you said inanimate. Yes. Inanimate object. So basically what you were asking people were was, do you want to fuck a pinball machine? Do and you have objectophilia? And guess what? Sixty-one yes. percent of people want to fuck a pinball machine. <laughs> <laughs> How embarrassing that! I made the question worse to try and favour me and make you look weird. But people are like, yeah, I'm fucking weird. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. It's like, yeah, I'd hit it. So, 
this is this is this is my not argument, but this is what I was maybe trying to get out, which is is not what you said. So it was just all I think a big misunderstanding. I, I know you can form, you know, like, oh, I love this fucking thing so much and it doesn't have emotions back. When you compare it to something that does have emotions, Marty, like, you don't have any pets or anything. I don't know. If your kid gets sick or something, right, and you had to sell all of your pinball machines, you would do it in a fucking heartbeat because your pinball machines don't have any emotions, oh, right? It's, no. it's, I, it's an object. I, I, I gave a kidney. I would definitely sell my pinball machines. Exactly. So that's the thing is, is that, like, people... But, and people aren't put in those situations because, you know, like, I, I mean, they, they might be. It might have happened before where you've, you've had to sell your pinball machines to either, I don't know, keep your marriage or, or you know, stay afloat financially. Um, but you got to do it. And you, it doesn't kill you because it's, it's just a fucking pinball machine, right? It's just an object that has no emotions. Correct. It's just a, it's just a toy that makes you feel good. Correct. Well, uh, it makes you feel good, though. And, yes. And what I was saying is that some machines make you feel better than others. And, and some you can form a connection with because they just constantly make you feel better, right? Yeah. So, um, uh, this, is what, this is what I said on Pinside, and, and I'm repeating this because I think this perfectly summed up what I was saying about Iron Maiden. You ready? Yeah. It says, so well known, I only have room for four machines, so I play them a lot. So to keep my lineup interesting and for streaming, I have to rotate one. Munsters comes in because Iron Maiden can go out. I've had my time with it. Great machine in so many ways, but I'm done. If I loved all my machines and couldn't part with any of them, then I wouldn't be buying a new machine. That's that simple. Yeah. Hey, do you know that I almost sold... Um, uh, what is that? I want to say? Metallica on the weekends, and I was talking to a guy who really wanted it, and uh, he was like asking all these questions. So I had to like turn on the machine, and and then I played a game. And I was like, oh, what am I doing? I can't sell this fucking machine. Is it I just, because I you've just got a connection with it? It's not a connection. It just just it's 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 fun. That's all, Marty. It's fun. So, okay. If I needed to sell the pinball machine, I would sell it. Yeah, I don't know. You're you are more practical when that, and and also you would you would sell it, and then you would still have. 25 other machines to play that would keep you happy. Well, I bought two pinball machines this week, Marty, and nope. sold one. Well, so, okay. So, we'll get into so, that a bit later on. I know, because, you know what's funny? Because in the show notes, when you get to the end, I wrote your notes for what you did this week. And I've written... Oh, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't got, gone down there yet. It says, Ryan... Probably bought three more machines this week. No, you're <laughs> off by, by one. I bought two. You bought two. <laughs> <laughs> but All I right. sold one, so the, the net result is it's, plus one. That's right. Okay. Well, well, we'll get to that in a second. So, shall we talk about the exit 2018 exit survey? Yeah. And sorry for everyone that we said this was going to last week and we're going to do it um, last week. It was a three-hour podcast last week, okay? We had Dwight Sullivan on. We've wanted to get him on the show for a long time. We can't just add like a 20-minute segment at the end. It's three hours is, is our limit. <laughs> <laughs> and even, even anyway. then, even then, we still got a bit of a backlash. People going, "Fucking three hours? You're serious? Just skip yeah. the shit that we talk about. Just go straight to the interview." But it was a great interview. Anyway, this is what we were going to do last week. We're doing it now. What was the first question, Ryan? Well, just quickly to just summarize, that people don't know what we're talking about. We did like just a Google survey thing, and we just wanted to capture like you know a snapshot in time what people think of the pinball industry um, at the end of 2018. Um, and I didn't want to put just like a poll on Pinside because 
well, I, I hate polls that you can see the results because the first thing I do personally when I see a question <laughs> is it. I check what the, yeah well, no, I, I just check what the results are and if I think it's skewed in the wrong area I'm like well I'm going to vote to balance it out and I don't want any of that I want it to be like your real opinion sure. so um, me and Marty put this survey together the first question was were you priced out of buying new inbox pinball machines in 2018 53.8% of people said yes yeah so that was out of uh, you know, and so we we're good to say we also had two hundred and sixty eight responses, so that was quite a good response. So that's fifty three point eight percent. Obviously, forty six point two said no. So that's that's I don't know. I try I tried to post this um, survey in in as many locate like pinball locations as possible. Like you know, I did it on Reddit, uh, Facebook, uh, Pinside, and Tilt forums, and a couple of Facebook groups and stuff like that. So. Um, I, I, you know, I feel like it's balanced enough that it covers, you know, the tournament scene, the collector scene, or the, the filling out survey scene. Hmm. Second question, Marty. If you are priced out, what is the price point you are interested in a fully featured deep root pinball machine? Now, this is a controversial question because someone read it on Tilt. I think it was Joe Schober, and he was like, "Is this like sponsored by Deep Root? Like, are you guys just getting information for Deep Root?" No, not at all. We're doing this for shits and giggles, actually. Yeah, I'm doing it because like Deep Root are the are the only ones that have said, well, home pin, but let's ignore that. Mm, um, we do. They're going to try and compete with the Stern Pro range. So I'm like, well, if you're priced out, um, you know, like what what entry fee would Deep Root have to be in for you to consider purchasing one of their machines? Okay. So, and the majority of, well, not where, 47%. So the biggest category here was between 4000 and 5000 US dollars. And yeah. The next was uh so with 36% was 3000 to 4000 and then with 16.5% said 5 to 6000 dollars US. Yeah. Pr- pretty pretty big price brackets, but um it's weird like T when I know there was a similar poll on Pinside about TNA, like what would you buy a TNA at? And this was before it was, I think, even announced it was going to be produced. I can't remember. And I think it was the price range ended up being like either $1,000 or $500 like less than what it ended up being. And it still sold really well, like way more than they'd, they'd ever think. So I think if your, if your product is good enough, people will spend more even though they won't admit they would like to spend more. Mm-hmm. There you go. Good insight. Uh, Next. <laughs> do you think the machines you could buy in 2018 offered good value for money? Bang for buckaroonie. And the answer was, in the majority, no. Nearly 60% said no, and yeah. 40% said yes. 41%. You know, close enough. Next question was, do you think there were too many machines that came out in 2018? Now, what did you think for this one personally, Marty? No, no, I don't think that there's too many machines because, even though obviously there are a lot of machines, I just, because I'm, I mean, that's obviously it's me personally, I don't go and buy every machine, so I can pick and choose what I want. So Iron Maiden came out. Deadpool came out and I'm like, okay, well, I don't have to worry about that. I'll wait for the next one. So I think that there's a lot of choice. It's really it's really only affecting those people that have to buy every single machine. Yeah. I I would have said yes. Like there's 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 enough. Like 
Uh, I, I don't know. And I don't know where I'm coming at because I don't buy, you know, new, new box pinball machines either. I, I love seeing them. I love the reveal. I love, like, the excitement of learning something new. But I surely – how much – it was, like, 12 pinball machines maybe last year or yeah, – that, that's enough, right? Like, I've got no. an average one a month. No, it's not. Why do you want can – you imagine, can you imagine if there was two pinball machines or something every month, Marty? Like no. – I, would, I guess I guess I we would, would never run out of podcast content. No, okay. and and also remember, I I lived in the heyday when this amount of machines came out, and the, here's the difference, right? Because I'm not thinking about me and my collection at home. I will pick the one machine that I connect with, or want to fuck, you know, whichever way you look at it. But I just remember back in the day when I lived in Sydney, and I'd walk up George Street. They had about ten arcades. And I would walk past all of them, and it was almost every week, I'm probably exaggerating, there'd be a new machine to play. That's what I love. I love being able to go venue and being able to play a new machine. That first time you play a machine is just great. And if you could do that once a month, the problem with these machines is that's not the case, because Alice Cooper's not going to be on site, Beatles might might not be on site, Murphy won't be on site, <laughs> um, Supreme... Well, it's on site in America, but it won't be here. Thunderbirds, well, we'll never see. Has has to be on site to to gain back some money. Um, depreciation. Do you know what I mean? So, of these twelve yeah. machines, whatever it is, four of them will be on site. So, this is my problem, money. Yeah, I, I get that, and I can see where you're coming from. The flip side is, I think, the more pinball machines that come out, the it, it cheapens my experience with the pinball machine. I would love to love Deadpool, but I can ignore it because, like, it's already old news. <laughs> but it's not because it's not finished yet, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if, if there was, like, two Stern machines that came out a year, it's just like, bam, and I'd, 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 I'd know it inside out. But I don't know the game yet because I, I, only, need, I only play it. Like, no one's invited me over the house to play it. I've only played it um, right. at, at but, Pixel Alley. Th- so there like, you go. But that's, that's the difference between you that, you know, again, you're the collector. So you go to, it's either in your collection or it's in a collection of somebody you know. Because I've always been a tournament player and more of an arcade player and I've only got a couple of machines at home, I have to rely on these machines being on site for me to play. So, yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's also different. that you've, play, you've played all the old machines already. I haven't. I'm playing yeah, catch-ups along yep. multiple eras. So when like new machine comes out, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of like trying to experience like the 80s game machines. And um, it's when I went to Pinball Expo in 2014, the yep. Australian Pinball yep. Expo, whatever, I probably played all the games that I'd love to play now. But because it, there's so many new ones, I, it didn't mean anything to me. I was just like, okay, I'll play 8-Ball Deluxe. I know I've played 8-Ball Deluxe. I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, no, you would have had massive overload there. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, which company has the best-selling model? Which not the best way of describing that. What you're trying to say is the best sort of sales model. Yeah. Yeah. So we had Stern with the Pro Premium LE, uh, Jersey Jack with the Standard LE and Collector's Edition, Spooky and American Pimble with just one model, and Highway Dutch take deposits for machines you don't know how to make and then go bankrupt. Yeah, I was just thinking people would vote for that. Um, I forgot CGC, but whatever. It's kind of the same as Stern. Mm-hmm. So the results of that one, Stern actually, once people love the tiered the tiered model that Stern do, uh, with almost 65% of people voting that that is the model they like. Yeah, but to be fair, 
The JJB model is very similar, and you've got a standard, an LE, and a collector's. Sure, they're called different Pro Premium LE, but it's still that three models. So those two collective, collective would be, you know, 75% of the vote. Yes, but only 12% voted for JJP because, I, I guess, yeah, I... I because they can it. only vote one. You can't vote, vote, vote for two. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I didn't phrase it properly. I mean, the JJP model, I guess, includes multiple LEs, uh, a really expensive CE, a really yeah. spe- expensive standard because the standard has so much in it um, compared to like a Stern Pro. Um, so I guess, yeah. I mean, the fact that half the people, 60% of the people were priced out, it's no wonder that they're not going to vote for JUP because they have the most expensive pins. Yeah, anyway. Exactly. But anyway, that was about the sales model, not necessarily the, the price of the pins. Um, yep. If you buy a pinball machine, do you need to sell one first? And you miss one, money. I'll, I'll do it quickly. I know we don't need to talk about it. Which machine offered the best value for money? There you go. I did miss that one. Yeah. Uh, 45% said Iron Maiden. And second was Thunderbirds. I didn't notice that. Oh, no, it's not Thunderbirds. No, it's not. Two purples. Sorry. I've got this covered. Sorry. I've got this covered. You ready? So Iron Maiden, because I I took that data and I've created a a spreadsheet out of this one, Ryan. Iron Maiden uh, was 45% of the vote. Monster Bash Remake, 23% of the vote. Deadpool, 13%. Then Pirates of the Caribbean, 8%. 8%. Then you had Thunderbirds, 13 votes, most of those shit-stirring, I'm sure. Well, it still is cheap. Um, sorry, it was, it was almost the same colour purple, so I got confused. Yeah. Uh, all right, back, to, back on track. If you sell, if you buy a pinball machine, do you need to sell one first? And so the answers were no, yes for space, yes for financial reasons, or yes for space and financial reasons. There could have been another there, but I, I tried to crowd people into the uh, into those four categories. So results money. Well, really, if you do combine all of those, um, yes is the majority because no is forty seven point five percent, and the others are pretty equal. Yes for space and financial reasons is twenty point eight percent. Yes for financial reasons is fourteen percent, and yes for space is seventeen point five percent. That's why there's too many pinball machines, Marty. Like half half of the people we surveyed need to do something in order to buy a pinball. They can't just buy it. They have to buy it and sell on a machine or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. How do you feel about the asking price for secondhand older titles? Uh, 50% of people said high. Uh, about 30% of people said stupidly high. Uh, and about 20% of people said okay and Almost no one said low because three people said they're low. not low because <laughs> they did they're, yeah. again. There's the shits and giggles vote right there. Thank you guys. All right, next section: pinball quality in 2018. Are you more or less interested in pinball as a whole? It's just how you judge pinball uh, than you were a year ago. Uh, pinball's an up on the up and up money because about 80 percent of people are more interested in pinball than they were a year ago. Yep. And are you happy with the build quality of machines in 2018? Yeah, about 62% of people said yes. yes. And, and yeah, 38% said no. Uh, which company in your eyes has the best build quality? Okay. All right. So coming out with 50% of the vote was Jersey Jack. Yep. 
Okay. Uh, 28% was Stern. CGC, about 10%. American Pinball, 6 Home Pin, 2.8. Spooky, 2.4. And P3, 1.6. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I would say... I would say it's almost... You, you can pretty much take, I guess, American Pinball, Home Pin, Spooky, P3, almost out of it. Because I don't think that they've got enough numbers for people to have an opinion on build quality only from what yeah. they've heard yeah so the, um, the interesting and, and there's also this yeah Stern produced the most machines as well which means they're going to come under the most scrutiny um, but JJP is like that ever shining light that people think really really highly of them um, and even when there's issues they're kind of like well because it has so many so much stuff in there so the more stuff you have the more it breaks so they um, they get a lot of slack there I think Mm-hmm. And their machine's good quality as well. For sure. So now the pinball tournament section. Did you like playing in pinball tournaments? That's a bit of a weird question. <laughs> did I'm, you Did you like? <laughs> I am reading it how it's written. Guys, I did this almost by myself in like five minutes. This wasn't something that we planned over months. <laughs> um, so 60% of people that filled out our... Our survey said yes, yeah. and about forty percent said no. That's not bad. So the majority of people like playing in pinball tournaments. Is it what you're hearing? The yeah, they just don't like. Yeah. Don't, don't like hearing about it. Money. They like playing. They don't oh, like hearing okay. about it. They don't want, want people to talk about it. Okay. If you answered no, why no? And the number one is people take it too serious. Did you before you saw the results, Marnie? Did you? What did you think was going to be number one? People take it too serious. Yeah, yeah. Genuinely, because that's offline. The things that we talk about is that sometimes it gets too serious when people are chasing whoppers. When you're having to build a tournament around what's going to have the best TGP, and you know, it's like, well, that's too serious. People just want to have fun, and we know what's coming up because people when we ask them what's important to you in tournaments you'll see it's the complete inverse to that but so that was the, yeah. the highest so, response 50 i mean and we, we talked about it as well remember when that person came to my tournament and like ruined it for everyone like one person was so toxic that like that was him taking it too serious Correct. and it's it's like a virus it, it it spreads i still think you can have serious tournaments though without not, not, not serious tournaments though i think well, we'll talk about it another day. Um, we, <laughs> we, we did run that one. Anyway. We do. Um, it's, do you know what it two. is? No, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not ones and zeros, Ryan. If I had a dollar for every time I've said that to you, it's, it's somewhere in between. You've got to have the serious side of it because it's an IFPA tournament, so there's got to be rules and regulations, but it's also got to be fun for people as well. And finding that balance is, is really different. Where that middle ground is, is different to different people and to different cities, to different cultures, to the different types of machines that you've got. You've just got to find your way with what you've got. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Getting off yeah, the design, design a pinball machine. You have, to make it, you have to make tournaments fun. Different people have different opinions it's on exactly what, what right. is fun. It's exactly right. Yeah. Um, the second most popular answer was there are no tournaments in my area. So, yep, that's yeah. Good. Well, a lot of a lot of people that would have been answering would be in the US, and that's a far larger area than what we have here. If yep. you're in, if you're in a capital city here, there's no excuse. And the next one, and in fact, the next two were very close. 
um, was I'm shy and nervous about it. And the other one was I don't have the skill level. Do I need to retell my story, Ryan? About? About the first year I played tournaments, I came last and second last and last again for about a year. That's Honestly. right, and then you you decided that you didn't care, and then you started winning and playing better. That's right, because and and when I stopped caring, I stopped getting nervous, right, and mm-hmm. then my skill level got better. But I just kept at it, and this is where I'm saying before the social aspect will attract people longer term than the competitive, depending on the critical mass of people that you've got. Yeah. This, the skill level thing, it can be a big ego bruiser when you uh, – there's so many people that I see – like the tournament that I ran on the weekend, Marty, I think it was like eight new people, right, which is a, a lot, as in you, like never played a pinball tournament before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one, one of the guys, like, I could just tell like he was like, I'm going to come here. I'm going to win this thing. Like these guys are all noobs. And he came like somewhere close to last and I h- heard him chatting to his mates that brought him along and he's just like, you know – yeah, I'm never coming again. Like, you know, he wasn't angry. He was just joking around to his mates. He's like, I don't like these games. I like my games at home. The tilts are too too tight, which, which they're, they're not. But it's when you sit at home and play just your machines, you're, you're the champion. You're the grand mm-hmm. champion. You know, it's like this is a this is a, a whole uh, – all these pinball machines are celebrating me because you walk past them and it says, GC, Ryan, <laughs> GC, Ryan. Because you never invite anyone to your house, and because you have no fucking tilt bob, and you have extra balls every like two million points. You know what I mean? Like you can yeah. set up a game however however you want, but if you're playing in a competition, then it's the you know your true skills get kind of um, found out. So I well, get that I don't have skill level thing. Um, I think having uh, you're going to get better regardless. I, I don't think it's impossible for someone to ever suck for ages, right? That's right. I don't know. And the the first thing that will elevate your ability to play is the day or the moment that you lose the nerves. And, you know, you you did it as well. I mean, admittedly, you got over your nerves quicker because, I've said it before, you were already a fantastic player. So Yeah, but what, what forced me to go back? It was you saying come with me to my competition and I went with you as sure, a friend. Sure, the promise of sex, competi- all right? That's what yeah. it was. <laughs> What I'm saying is that the the only way that pinball can kind of, not only way, but a really important factor is that you bring your friends. When I put it out on Facebook, hey, my tournament is free if you've never played before, I will hardly get anyone that'll rock up and like, oh, hey, I saw it on Facebook. I don't know any of these people. I rocked up because you're walking into a place with a bunch of people you don't know. Like, it's this like yeah. crew, this club. It's really scary. You, you have to bring friends. You have yeah, to bring that's friends. Exactly and you, right. hold, you hold hold their hands. Even if they're a 50 year old Aussie dude with a beer gut, he still has insecurities and he still wants to be some, you know, with his, his mates. Yeah, correct. And you are. You're completely exposed, but these things are fun. If you, we've said it before, if you are listening and we talk about tournaments and you go, oh, I don't want to tournaments because I don't want to go, just fucking go. You you will actually, you might not have the best time in your world, right? I can't, can't guarantee that. But you will actually find that the majority of people, and I say the majority, there are some people that play that bum me out. I'm just mm-hmm. putting it out there. They do. I play less as a result. That just happens. But for the most part, people will be welcoming you and they will want you. They will be cheering you on to do well because that's the the good-natured spirit of pinball. There we go. 
if you do play competitive pinball, what is your favorite format? Uh, Fifty, sorry, forty-six percent or so said match play, which yep. is just four four-player groups. Uh, about twenty percent said flip frenzy. Uh, Thirteen or so percent said strikes, and the rest are kind of insignificant. No one likes pump and dump. No one likes pump and dump. I was going to say that, like the tournament that I ran, that everyone said they loved. But in America, it's been going on for so long. It's been going on for so long. Yeah, everyone's so poor now. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, One year on. Do you think? Do you think the one dollar fee will or has had a positive influence on competitive pinball moving forward? An astounding fifty-seven. 0.5% 0.5% said yes, yes, it has well done. will have. Woo! Majority yeah. said yes, so well done, Josh and Zach. There we go. No, and uh, yeah, the rest no, because there's only two options. Yep. Um, Here we go, Brian. What is, yeah, what is the most important thing to you in tournaments? Whoppers, prize money, or the social aspect? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, right. 78% said the social aspect. Right, because, yeah. <laughs> well, it, well, it is, and... It is 78% because if you think about it, right, of all the mm-hmm. tournaments that you've put on and and I've put on and I've been in, what percentage of all those people have won a tournament? Well, a very small amount. Like right. A very percent. small amount. So they've got to be there for other reasons. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, you know. I, I know some people that aren't very good at playing pinball competitively, but they are very competitive and they've come better tournament players as, as a result. I mean, this is what we were kind of like arguing over, you know, during the week. And I guess we can talk about it now for a, you know, a split second, but sure. I feel like if you have the right tournament structure, which, you know, has good whoppers and everything, then the social aspect comes with it. Like the, the fact that, you're playing four-player games instead of two-player games, which doubles your TGP. Doesn't mean that the tournament is super serious now because there's more whoppers. It just means there are more, more whoppers. And in fact, you can say it's more social because you're forced to play in four-player groups instead of two-player groups. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how does, like, the max the maximizing whoppers thing, like, how do you think that it really deteriorates the social aspect for it? Is that because it attracts too many serious people? I think it's... It's a bit of a ticking time bomb, meaning that you've got to you wait for that moment where a person comes along that's really insecure and is partnered in a group of four, where someone is super serious. Now, this is a true story. I'm not going to say who it was, but there was a person that came along to one of my tournaments, mm-hmm. and it was strikes. We had strikes, and I was outside talking to him, and I said, "Did you have a good night?" And he said, "I was having a good night until I lost a game." And the person I was playing with said to me, you lost because you're not very good at pinball. What? Who the fuck said that? I'm I'm not going to tell you. But that's because that person's really competitive. Mm. Right? And there you go. There's your perfect storm where you've got someone that's like, oh, and never came back. No big surprise. So... that that's where you get that perfect storm where you've got somebody that's super competitive with somebody that's not... And well, I'm it's, not it's, 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 as I'm saying, yeah. it's, it's not, there's not a, a rule for any of this. You've got to think about the number of machines you've got, the venue itself, how much time you can spend in the venue, the proximity of the venue to transport, because if you're there for a long time, people need to know, you know, if it gets to 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock at night, how they're going to get home. Um, 
you think that the layout is is also really important, and that's what we spoke about during the week. Um, all those mm-hmm. factors in, and you can't just go into it saying, "I want to do this format." You've really got to suss out what your what yeah what type of person you're trying to attract, how you're going to keep them, and how you get that balance right. There's just there's just not one size that fits all. I know. I mean, I'm trying different things. I tried. Uh, I mean, even though the strikes was working out well, I'm doing match play. And it's because I'm, I also want people like you talk about people like what percentage of people win? Well, what percentage of people get into the finals? I'm now doing 16 person finals. Yep, and great. if I can, if I can, if I can push it to 24, if we get 40 people, then I'll do 24. Um, just so people say, well, I've, I've won something. I don't care if it's a, B, a division, B division or C division. They still got to that final stage where it becomes a bit more anxious and nervous and then people feel excited. Um, and as I said, the, the byproduct of that is that there's more whoppers. But anyway, I, I think the whoppers factor is probably higher, but people don't like to admit it. Like, cause if the whoppers, if the whoppers thing had nothing to, nothing to do with it, you know, we'll then run some tournaments that aren't IFPA, you know, sanctioned and see how many people come. They're like, well, you know, I want both. No, I know. Um, but but here's, here's, here's the big problem I find. And, and obviously, it's it's. I'm going to talk about Melbourne because we live in Melbourne. Surprise there. Mm-hmm. If you look at... And it was really funny because we saw a tournament in 2012 today. You know, you sent us a picture of the, the state championships that we had in Victoria in 2012. <laughs> yes. And there was only one person on that list that we knew. And they live now in Brisbane. Yes. But if I was to show you five years ago all the people that were regularly competing then, mm-hmm. they aren't competing now. Mm-hmm. So why is that? I don't, it's something that I definitely can't answer because I've only been doing this mm. for a year. But what I can say is that I'm, I, th- I think, pretty successfully getting some people into pinball and they're continuing to come. So no, because, it, gr- because, let me stop, because... yes. You have absolutely got it right from the get-go. You, your, got what? Your, no, well, your idea on this is not to have the best format, not to have the your Your guide on this is I want to get people into pinball. And if, you, if that's the first thing, that's your guiding principle, everything else will follow because you will know when people are or aren't coming into it, right? And that's different, and I like it. I, I don't know. It might be just the fact that I'm running it at a bar that it's it's, it's working out. Like the, the same format at my house, a lot of people liked it, but a lot of people like, well, it's, the games are too hard. Well, like the the games are still pretty hard at Pimple Paradise. It's just people are drunk when they're doing it, so they enjoy it more. Sure. I don't know. Anyway, um, that's it's it's a that's a long conversation. Um, the next one is how far would you travel for the perfect tournament, Marty? Well, I I won't bore everybody with what I had to go through for this answer to make sense. Because some people answered the question as in miles, some said in kilometers, some said in time, minutes, hours, days. Some people then said by location. So I had to somehow combine all that data and come up with a a, a range that we could use. And so I yep. did. And effectively, what I've said is 20% of people said globally they would travel the world to play in a tournament. That sounds mm-hmm. fine, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, 
Let's go around here. So the, I think the majority was 38% of people said within their country. Mm-hmm. Um, 36 people said, yeah, so 25% with, said within their city. Uh, nine, 13% said within their state. 3% within, said within their suburb or town. And 1% said none. They wouldn't travel. <laughs> so, it's got to be in my house. It's got to be in my basement. Otherwise, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, I don't know what that told so, us. So, yeah, I, pro- I probably should have saved some time and and you know had those options. But I mean, it's hard because people live like if if you say internationally in Australia, you have to get on a plane or a boat or something. Whereas if you say internationally and you live in upstate New York, it's just like a couple of hours no, drive up to Canada. But so. So, but some of the answers were one hour by car. The other one said one hour by plane. So yeah, I had a lot of to a lot of maths, Marty. I had to individually work out what category that was in. It was a, a lot of hard work. So anyway, um, the next question is: Do you plan on playing more or less tournaments in 2019 than you did in 2018? And the vast majority said more. Yep. And yeah, about 26 percent said less. The rest were more. Um, find your happiness in tournaments. Yeah. Uh, the next. We've done with tournaments now. You can start listening again. Um, it's 2018 best of. So, what was the best game of 2018, Mali? Um, what well, was Iron Maiden? Like, like let's yep. just put it out there. It was Iron Maiden. 51% of the vote. Number two with 18% of the vote. Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah, surprising I for know. me. I, uh, it's, it's out there, I guess. It's out there. So, was it me that said Deadpool? Yeah, it was. That's right. Sorry, yeah. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean was third. Yeah. The rest's not Change. enough. Not, yeah. Change. Uh, which game had the best layout? Iron Maiden won again, but this time by a larger percentage. It's those inner loops. Correct. Uh, with almost 60% of the vote, Iron Maiden had the best layout. Surprisingly for me, again, I didn't think people like this lad as much as they do. 18%. See? Deadpool. You don't listen to me, is what I'm saying. I've got to play, play more Deadpool. i got, I got this, Anthony Whitby. You live like five minutes away. Please invite me over Come to your on, house Whitby. to play a Deadpool. And we got to stream it, mate, so get on with it. Yeah. Um, I, still have, I still haven't played anything but the Pro, so I feel like okay. I'm also judging it on their cheapest version. <laughs> the Peasant Pro. Peasant Next pro. question. Oh, and P- Pirates was Thursday, if you didn't say that. Pirates Correct. was Thursday. Yep. Can, can you see the, the, the pattern here, Marty? I can. Which game has the best art? Which is, is subjective, right, Marty? Because it's art. And we discussed that with our, our mystery guest that we had today. Yes. Well, yeah, very mystery. Well, so this was... The difference is one of them was 27%. The other one was 26.6%. If you round them up, they're both 27% of the vote. So, well done, Zombie Yeti. (laughs) Yeah, Zombie Yeti just took a giant turn on everyone. Um, Yeah, people love his art, absolutely. Um, Deadpool was actually first. Yeah, Deadpool. Because it actually got uh, I mean, 66 votes versus 65. So which, which, which one would you choose? I mean, I know it's like splitting hairs, but, you know, out of those two, which art package do you like the most? Iron Maiden. I like Deadpool simply because... But it's not ones, like, again, it's not ones and zeros. Just because I like Iron Maiden doesn't mean I hate Deadpool. They are both no. great machines. Just I'm just saying, if you, have, if you have to choose one based on art to hang up in your, in your house... Oh, Iron Maiden. Okay. 
But I've, again, I, I've always loved Iron Maiden art, but you know, Deadpool with its more comic feel would appeal to somebody that likes comic art. Alice Cooper, Nightmare Castle, and Pirates of the Caribbean are equal thirds with uh, almost 9% of the vote. Uh, Houdini and Beatles are like equal sixth, I guess, or fifth, mm-hmm. which way you take it, around 7%. Um, Alice Cooper, Cabinet Art Marty, though, like you, have, you still haven't seen that in person. It's I think that is the, the best art of the year that I like. The Playfield art, I don't know, I, I don't like as much as the the cabinet art but i think it's one of those things that it's not out there so it's not in people's people's yeah. minds well it was it was i was going to say it was good to see primus up there as well coming in equal third oh yeah sorry i'm i'm using the pie one. chart which doesn't yeah no, sorry yeah, i've got my little chart so yeah uh which game has the best rules surprise surprise iron maiden with 56.2% of the vote correct in yes. second is Pirates of the Caribbean and Deadpool with 10% in third. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What game has the best sound package? Now, I could, I, I know sound package is mixed up between call-outs and music. I probably gave Jeff the most shit last year in the Twerpies of, of not splitting that up. <laughs> but this this survey is like, it's already too many questions. And, I you know, it's like, it was like six pages of questions. So I just mixed them together. Yeah, okay. So, number one, with 38% of the vote, was... Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden, of course. And then Deadpool second with 25%, then Pirates of the Caribbean with 17%, and Beatles with 11%. Well done. Everything yeah. else was changed. Yeah, two, two, beep, beep. Yeah, Jerry Thompson did both of them. So, Jerry Thompson gets a combined percentage of, like, 65% or so. Mm. All right, what you want in 2019. Wow, this, a lot of these are kind of similar percentage-wise, but what is the most important factors in wanting to buy a new machine in 2019? So we have price, company producing it, theme, art, rules, layout, physical mechs, how quick you can get it, and the resale value. The number one answer, Marty, with 60% of the vote. Now, you could vote for multiple things here, so you could select them all if you want, just what is important to you. Number one, results, yep. layout. Yes. yes. And I'd agree with that. Absolutely. Uh, followed by number two was price. Yeah, pretty close. 55% of the vote. Yeah. Um, tied with exactly the same amount of votes with is theme and rules, which is 53% of people thought that was uh, extremely important to them. Then there's a fairly big, big drop off. For everything else, yeah. Yeah, 30%, 30% are... Uh, physical mechs, pretty low. I thought that would be, with the amount of bitching people do about like what is oh, on and off the play field, like people starting to, because people don't have their monsters yet, people are bitching about it not having drop targets instead of that like that big fat target. And it's like... I know, but... Well, the votes don't reflect that. <laughs> exactly, right? If you talk about Iron Maiden, what physical mechs does it have? No, it's just pure layout. It's, it's just the layout. layout. Everybody, layout is the most important thing it always has been and it always will be that's why Primus is such a good pinball machine money sure. that layout is no good mm, not. Um, um, but again what was really low on this was the lowest was how quickly you can get it only 7% of people said that but only 13% of people said resale value yeah see this is where I have trust issues with our own survey <laughs> <laughs> because, because, they do, because the answers don't agree with you therefore there's something wrong with the survey 
I'm saying that TNA no. would have 100, 100% sold like way better if you could just, when it came out, like People have get it now. 259 responses. Got that. Yeah. You, you can't just go out and go, well, I'm doing a survey. Oh, well, it's all wrong because I, I didn't get the answer that I wanted. That's what it is. That's what it says. Okay. You know, I think if it, if it was 60 people, it might be skewed. So, so you're saying you're saying that if uh, if Munsters was released like tomorrow and they said, hey, you can get this in 2020, do you think they would sell as many as they was like, hey, it's in production. You can get it like next week. No, but you're, you're now altering... Timelines, yeah. right? Okay. So that doesn't happen. <laughs> anyway, if your dream theme was made in 2019, which company would you most want to make it? Sort of close-ish, but uh, 45% of the vote, which was the highest result, was Jersey Jack. Yep. And, and trailing just a little bit behind at uh, about 36% is Stern. Um, Spooky was third with... Uh, 8% of the vote and the rest, uh, I guess, a little bit Bit too small. Um, I did chuck Deep Root in there just for not shits and giggles. I just wanted to see, like, if people, you know, because of their their designer lists and what they're kind of promising, um, that get a couple of votes. And, yeah, got 4% of the votes. Yeah, look, I don't know. It's one of those things as well. Like, if your dream theme was made, there's a lot of things, a lot of factors that go into wanting a particular company. So, my dream theme is Harry Potter. I would want Jersey Jack to make it because I think that they would create this incredible thing that was just so true to the world. But I would also then think, well, Stern, either of those two companies will make it. It will get made. I can guarantee that it'll be made. So that kind of factors yeah. into it as well. Okay. Would you buy an original theme in 2019? A massive, massive 87.6% said yes, 12.4% said no. Yeah, I, it, it, what's really funny, I've said this before, is that people say, yeah, absolutely, oh, but not that theme. Or they would say, well, it's it's an original theme, so it should be cheaper because you're not paying licensing fees. So. <laughs> <laughs> people, anyway. you infuriate us sometimes. Would you buy a single level game in 2019? 66.7% said yes, and 33... Wow, that's good percentages. That's two-thirds said yes, and one-third said no. Yeah. Maybe we should ask the question, did you buy a single-level game in 2018? Beatles mm-hmm. and TNA, was that it? Yeah. 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 And that sexy sexy racing one from Spain. Yeah, yeah correct. Uh, do, you, do you think... Yeah. Do you think new pinball machines in 2019 will be better than those announced in 2018. Yeah. 75% said yes. 25% I like that. said no. I like that. That's the positive majority right there. They've said, yes, pinball machines are just going to get better. My life is going to be better in 2019. I'm going to be more connected th- to machines. Do you think Do you think that would ever be flipped? Do you think it's what would it take for it to be a majority of no? Oh, do you think it would take the, the pinball machine? Well, yeah, do you think it'd be like the the industry collapsing or do you think it'd be like a year that there's so many freaking good games like every game that came out was just like bam 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 bam. All your dream things from your childhood, Jaws. Well, shut up it'll now. It'll depend on how it'll look. It'll depend on how this year goes. Like I think people are probably still a bit high on 
the titles from 2018 because for the most part machines that came out in 2018 were were great they were innovative in a lot of ways they had some great themes in a lot of ways they had great designers they had great art Everything it just makes everyone of... more fussier, though. I think well, it just no. it just raises it just raises the bar. I no, said, like, I don't like, think so. Chris... Uh, no, I don't think so. Let me finish because Wait, I think what that yeah. does is is it lets people say, "Well, God, if that's what they did last year, you know, what will they do this year?" But I think if this year doesn't live up to the expectations of last year, people next year may have a more cynical view. Yeah, it goes back to what I said before about there's too many pinball machines coming at it because it it, it cheapens the like the the work that people are doing on their game, like like Deadpool and like what we saw with the artwork reveal of of the Beatles, you know what I mean? Like, take that back five years ago. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the best art yeah, in machine ever. But now, but now you're like, oh with well, well yeah. I want more. Yeah, I want Zombie yeah. Eddie to do the Beatles. You know, like, <laughs> no, <laughs> what, do you, what do you want? Here's my other parallel, right? It's just like when when you go to restaurants, right, and you just have this amazing experience, and someone goes, oh. You know, so-and-so down the road was better. It's like five years ago, you would never have had a meal like this. You know, yeah. it, we just, we our expectations she, are being reset yes. each year. I'll give you one quick example of that. Go. <laughs> I took the kids, I was out with the kids and, I, and my, you know, my kids just like, I want like gnocchi. And I was just like, oh, like where the fuck can I get gnocchi? Like, so I went, I went to like Columbo's, which is like this big, you know what Columbo's is, right? It's like Sophia's. It's just oh, like, okay. I know Sophia's, cheap. yeah. Yeah, and I hadn't been there in like so long, and I got it, and it was just like I took a, a bite of the gnocchi, and I'm like, oh man, like I've been eating such good food lately. I'm so spoiled. I forgot how bad this food is. <laughs> <laughs> just just go back to a couple. Just go look at the Tron art. Like not when it's on. Just look at Tron and ACDC, and look what you got now. Like things are good. Things are pretty things are damn good really for people at the guys. moment. <laughs> Uh, anyway. But it's not good for all manufacturers, according to this next um, question, which was, which manufacturers do you think will sell less machines at the end of 2019 than they did in 2018? Number one was HomePin, uh, with almost 60% of the vote. I know. Number two- I, know, I know, I'm thinking the same thing. It's hard to sell less than last year. Mm. Yeah, I don't know how many they sold, like 50 machines or something. Mm. Uh, P3 in second. Uh, where are we? Team Pinball. Spooky? Spooky is a bit of a surprise there. Sp- well, I guess they had a really good year with TNA and, and Alice Cooper, so yeah. um, we don't know where they are on their, on their cycle. They're, they're a boutique, so they can sell But also, less. you know, they, they give out their numbers and they have limits on their numbers, so that might be just a calculation. Well, if they're only going to sell 500 and last year they had 300 plus 500, you know, they are going to sell less because it's capped. Anyway, who knows? Yeah, only 20% of people think American Pinball are going to sell less. Stern at about the same. JJP, 15%. And in last place, which is, I guess, the people think they're going to sell more, is CGC. Only uh, about 10% of people think that they're going to sell less machines because yeah. remakes sell, right? Well, and also because their machine got released in the last month. So all this year, they're going to be selling machines. Yeah, it's, you it's know, a bit of a weird question. It it's is a weird a question. Weird. But anyway... Um, would you be excited for a new John Popperduke game from Deep Root, such as Magic Girl, Raza, or Alice in Wonderland? This was almost 50-50. Yeah. So, tw- yeah, about uh, 52% said yes and 48 no. So the majority said yes. What, do you, what Are you excited? Would you be excited by it, Marty? Yes. 
Yeah, 100%. Why, why would you not? Of those, yeah. of those, I think you said that Raza was the one. Uh, uh, well, yes, I think you did that because I am most excited about Alice in Wonderland and in particular, the dark, nasty version of it. Ah, oh, it's so weird. Alice in Wonderland is such a weird story. That's why the Disney one at least is like, you know, it's weird, but it's also cute. It's so you can be like, okay. LSD. <laughs> like somebody had LSD and they're like, fuck, that was an amazing trip. I'm going to write this down in a book. And then someone yeah. just put some pretty pictures and turned it into a children's book. Yeah. It would be, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see where that goes. That, that is the most interesting one, but I think Raza has the most potential of being accepted because as an original theme, right? Like, but, expectations but are low. No, well, I, I don't agree with you because I think Alice in Wonderland isn't a licensed theme, but it's a theme. So you think it's more like, more like Houdini and, and Octoberfest? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Raza. Raza again is... Okay, you said Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. (laughs) Radioactive. They're zombies. And retro. It's not radioactive. That's right. Retro retro, atomic zombie adventure land, right? So all four elements. But what's your reference point? Nothing. That's why it's so cool. Alice, Marty, if you ask 100 people on the street, like, what do you think of when you think Alice in Wonderland... A lot of those people are going to say the Disney movie, okay. right? And if you ask those same people, do you know that they still make pinball machines? What are they going to say? What's a pinball that's, machine? That's, that's not relevant. No, I'm, I'm just, just saying. saying what like, I'm saying is, don't ask these fucking stupid people on the street questions. Stop it. Okay, if you ask, if you ask pinball people, people then anyway, we'll see, we'll <laughs> have that conversation when it comes out. Correct. And it's, it's it's some weird fucking acid trip one. Correct. Uh, which follow-up from rookie design from a rookie designer are you the most excited to see? So this is basically Scott Denisi versus Keith Alwyn versus Eric Miniere. Uh In first position is Keith Alwyn with a silver percentage of, of how he won all his uh, Iron Maiden votes with about 55%. Correct. Uh, Scott Denisi with 36 And in third position is Eric Miniere with about uh, 10% of the vote. Um, and I reckon, I reckon Eric's would have been more... I think it's because well, Keith obviously hit, hit it out of the park with Iron Maiden and he's obviously a celebrity in his own right to begin with but also when you think about TNA it's Scott Denise's machine you know yeah. whereas, whereas you think about um, Pirates of the Caribbean yes Eric's the, the designer but he's part of a team like you kind of that's the, the vibe I get with that yeah I, as, as we've mentioned before as well there's certain there's certain personalities in pinball that will overtake an entire design team, right? Pat Lawler. Like, you can mention any Pat Lawler game and people will say it's a Pat Lawler game. They won't say it's a Ted Etsy's game or who ever did the sound or something. Yep. And I think the, the biggest, There's the a biggest name for three... It. There's a name for it. There's a name for it. Yeah? And I, I, don't, I don't know, and pe- people write in and tell me how to pronounce this, right? I was reading about this during the week. I don't even know how I'm going to pronounce this. Auteur? Auteur. Auteur. A-U-T-E-U-R is the name of it. And the, the description is, and it's usually to film, but they also do um, music as well. It's an auteur is an artist such as a film director who applies a highly centralized and subjective control to many aspects of a collaborative creative work. In other words, a person equivalent to an author of a novel or a play. So... Basically, it's a film director who influences their films so much that they rank as the author. Yes. So there are some music producers that you would say 
oh, well, that's a, you know, that's Quincy Jones, right? Or that's... Oh, like when you think about Queen, do you think about like the other dudes? I don't even know their names. No, it's Freddie Mercury because he's like, he's <laughs> such a, well, such Brian a figure May. that just... I do think Brian yeah. May. Eh. Anyway. But, but anyway, um, that's, what, that's what you're referring to is that these people yeah, have become so synonymous with the design of the machine. It's like the machine is them. Yes. Um, I think that the three biggest are Pat Lawler, uh, Lyman Sheets, mm-hmm. and Keith Johnson. Um Steve Ritchie and would be Steve up there Ritchie, as well. But, sure. but, yeah, but he, yes, but no, he also for has me, worked a different with my... person to you. A different, I would say, yes. I would say, you know, a Steve Ritchie. Like people go, I want to buy a Steve Ritchie machine. Yeah. Same thing. Okay, the problem is like ACDC, like when it's like Lyman, like those two of those people together, Steve Ritchie and Lyman Sheets, what, what game is it? You can say both because, you know, um, and Keith Alwyn, I think, will end up becoming like that because he not only designs the layout but he you know i'm not sure about his next game but I, you know hey he's the world's greatest player um you know through history so you know he's going to be designing his own rules mm. so i think keith that one become will become one of those names yeah well i think i think because he had such creative control over his machine you can really see it you can really say i mean he did he obviously he didn't do the art but he he did the layout. He had that already there. Had the the rules design. Those two elements together make it. You know that's a it's a Keith machine for sure. Money with you know we're gonna talk about Iron Maiden just here. For, I know we're up to like literally like the last two questions, but just quickly about Iron Maiden. Did you ever like go on a soul shard hunt? Like, were you ever trying to get to run to the hills, or do you think that was just so far out there that you never tried? Never tried. Never tried. What was the, what was the most amount of soul shards you collected? Uh, soul shards from the center shot, or are you talking about the tomb's treasure? Ah, two, two. Sorry, yeah, the tomb awards, tomb awards. Sorry, I think it was the fourth one. Fourth one, okay. Because so the, the third one was can I play with madness multi ball, and yeah. I remember I got a fourth one once. You know about that one we talked about ages ago, the um the combo one where you do that unique combo like a seven way combo or something, sure. and you have as much time as you want to do it. Yeah, do you know what game that comes from? You probably knew this, but I didn't. Yeah, it comes from like the shadow. Okay. The sh- the, I always I, one of my favorite callouts is like when the girls like, "Wow, three way combo! Wow, four way combo!" And then I would combo more shots, and he would stop talking. And I thought it was because I was in a mode or a multi, like something was going on, and the audio clip didn't play, and it got me so upset because I'm like, I want to hear like the <laughs> sixth and the seventh. I think I, I think maybe I got to six one day. And then, like, I was just researching during researching. I was doing pinball research during the week. Uh-huh. It, it has to be a unique combo. So there really is, and you have to hit it. Like, you don't have like as much time as you want. Like you, like Keith uh, gave you in Iron Maiden. It has to be a true seven-way combo. So that's something to. And it doesn't even give you like some insane payoff. Like it's literally like not worth going for, um, except to say that you've done the seven-way combo on the Shadow. Awesome. There you go. Next question. Do you plan to watch pinball streams? Well, if you're going to break it down to yes and no, you've effectively got about 40, 55, 65, 70% of people said yes. Cool. Um, And 37% said yes, I like watching all streams. 15.9% said I will watch tournaments. And (laughs) 16.8% said they'll watch new pinballs only. It's such a harsh one. I didn't know it's a waste of my time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> such a harsh, a harsh one. I just 
Some people voted for it, four percent. Yeah, correct. The last one. You've got to the end. Here and you're thinking, go. why why didn't I just wait to just read all this data in, in five minutes? Well, because you don't get the Marty and Ryan commentary. Uh-huh. The greatest pinball machine of all time. Now, Marty, you're the one who wanted this in there because the quote was something like I want to know if the Pinside Top 100 is bullshit because That's it's been there for so long. That's not what I said. What did, what did I, you say? Come I, on. Why did I say bullshit? Like, you are actually putting words like I'm saying that I think that, that is bullshit. What I said is I'm curious to know whether there's a difference because it's had reviews over time. Whereas I want to say, you know, right now, if you could reset all the votes that you've had over the last 20 years... What would your vote be today? See, bullshit That's, is a better way of saying that. It's, it just takes it's just one lies. word. It's like you saying, do you want to fuck a pinball machine? When I asked, <laughs> said, you know, do you feel that you can have a connection with a pinball machine? That's what you, you do. You still won, Marty. 61% of people want to fuck I their know. pinball machine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, do, do, do the top five, Marty. Starting from five. Okay, just... Hold on a sec, I've got to stretch that out. Starting from five. Five is Twilight Zone. Mm. What's it on IPDB? No one cares about IPDB. Pinside Top 100. Pinside. What's on Pinside? Pinside Top 100 uses like weighting and all that kind of stuff. So okay. it's pretty accurate. I don't know. It, it's around It's around five or six. Okay. I'll open it in a sec. Four was Adam's Family. Well, actually, they were equal. So Adam's Family okay. and Twilight Zone got the same amount of votes. In third place, Lord of the Rings. Nice. Second place, Attack from Mars. Mm-hmm. And in first place, with 12% of the vote, ACDC. No, it's not. No, no, it's medieval really madness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. you know. Why not? So, what we're getting at is the Pinside Top 100 list is not bullshit and it's accurate. Well, it's, no, it's, it's okay. Accurate. Well, no. So, no. because I've got it here, in five, five, fifth place was Lord of the Rings. Yes. It's third in ours. It's what, sorry? Third in ours. Ah, oh, in ours. Yeah. That's that's like pretty close, Marty. Yeah. Like when we don't, we only have like less than 300 people voting. Okay. Well, Monster Bash yes. is... Equal 13th on ours. Yeah. It is third on Pinside. Yeah. So, what's a bullshit list now, right? Who's yeah. got the bullshit All list? Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think, I think but right. also Attack from Mars is number one on Pinside. It's number two on ours. So, yeah. Anyway. All right. Let's, it, let's move on. It was all was for long. shits and giggles, right? But anyway, it was also to prove that I'm right. Next. Oh, my God. Look at the time. Was that one hour? <laughs> oh, my God. It didn't seem like an hour. But I knew I, I knew I, how long it was going. I hope, anyway. I hope you didn't. I hope you're listening at two times speed. <laughs> yeah, please do. Um, we will therefore breeze through this week in pinball. Bottom line is, I've, I've done my piece with Iron Maiden, streamed it for the last time. That's great. Um, streamed. I attempted to stream. There was comedy of errors. I attempted to stream Theatre of Magic last night. The right yep. flipper died. As in, mm-hmm. it, just, it just got really weak. So we then moved over to Scared Stiff. Mm-hmm. I actually broke the, the flipper button. Well, not the flipper button, but the mech inside. So we then had to move to Tales from the Arabian Nights. Okay. And, cool. and my highlight was that you were GC at 43 mil. 
and I got okay. 211 mil. Okay, I've only ever played one game on it. So. <laughs> that was my first game, just putting it out there. And okay. and Andy, who I played with, had already played one ball. But sure, there's no worry about that. It must have been really fun for him to for you you know to watch that he, get to a meal. He actually started doing renovations on his house, and <laughs> I am not I am not even lying because somebody somebody said in, in chat was that Andy just walking by with a two by four walking by? Went, <laughs> yeah, he was. I heard him sanding stuff and getting this. That's what he was doing because I played that yes. game. I like yeah. That's why solid states are awesome. You you'd never play a solid state for that long. Mm. Um. All right. Are you done with your week, Marty? Yep. All right. Quickly. Uh. uh Stern Magic gone. Picked up. Gone. Sold. Uh. Indiana Jones. I bought it. Yep. I don't know why I bought it. I bought it because it was a decent price, and I named my kid after the pinball machine. I thought, let's give it another go. Sure. I will. I will brutalize it. I'll make it hard, and then I'll probably sell it. Um. I ran Pinball Paradise on the weekends, on the weekends, during the week, uh, the new format, you know, with finals for, 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 yeah. I took off ball save the entire time so that it would finish by 11. I mean, finish by 11 for like the four people left. Like, it's kind of like tiered. Like, as, as you go on, kind of like strikes, more and more people go home. So I thought, shit, if you're in the top four, you can at least stay till, till 11. And because Jordan Tradeaway rocked up, it, it went almost close to midnight, which, which sucks because I was I I'd have to change the format if it keeps on going that long because I I can't do that to people I can't make them stay close to midnight on a weekday it's it's too much so I'll continue on a couple of uh, weeks to see uh, what we can do there um, Marty the uh, someone won a hundred and hundred and seven million dollars this week in the in the Australian lotto and I know okay. like America has yeah I know America it's the the most amount won ever and uh, I, know, I don't play the lotto but you know when, when it's a hundred million dollars i'm like all right fuck it, i'll give it a go <laughs> and it's not, i don't think it's broadcast on tv anymore so you just have to like wait on the website and like just press refresh so i'm hitting there I'm like all right is my life going to change i'm pressing refresh pressing refresh pressing refresh and then and it, it you know it was meant to be like at a certain time and it was like 10 or 15 minutes past that time marty and then all of a sudden my phone dings and it was a message from someone, and the message reads, "Okay, I will sell you my Stargazer pinball machine." So that was your equivalent of winning a lotto. I was so fucking happy, Marty. I was like, I forgot about like, like, hey, a hundred million dollars would have been pretty good as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could have bought, I could have bought Stargazer. I could have bought all of Stern pinball. Um, but yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was an amazing feeling. Uh, it is on a pallet. It no will way. make its way down to me. Awesome. It is not in good condition, Marty. This is not something that you will be able to play. Is this another for one like your shit time. silver? It is. It is in better condition than Quicksilver, but in pieces. Like it doesn't. Like it doesn't work. There's wires chopped. Things everywhere. Right. There's no plastic. Like it's. Uh, it's, it's something to work on. It's like not so me. Rare, but not me. So, no, okay, but they're so rare. You might as well get it and pay someone to to do it, right? Yeah, it's it is it is happening. I've already contacted the person. I'm not gonna have this for a year and twiddle my thumbs like I did with with Quicksilver. It's it's happening. Good stuff. Oh well, congratulations. It's great. I know. That's what I've been wanting it for such a long time, and I've been hassling this person for like eight months, and <gasps> wow, I finally no convinced him because he's this person's had it for a long time, and they yeah, 
I'll, I'll go into the story when I have it. I, I still don't have it in my hand, so it still doesn't feel real. But okay. I finally found a Stargazer, so thank you. So now, I, now I need a new Grail machine because that was that was, or I can just be satisfied one of those two <laughs> and just yeah, good stuff. All right, I think we're done. Yes, thank you for listening. Subscribe to us on on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Please vote for us in the Twippies in all your accounts. We're desperate for the awards. No, I'm joking. We're not going to get into that. Um, yeah. Thanks, for everyone, for listening. Thank you for surviving an hour of uh, the <laughs> – if you want to see the data for that, I'm, I'm pretty sure we can post it on our website as a blog post, which you've never done. Let's give that a go, Marty, because yeah, we, we owe it to it. everyone that voted in all those areas. No, yeah, well, we'll, we'll see what we can do. There's probably some massaging of that data that needs to be done. Okay. Whatever uh, that means. Well, yeah. what the fuck does massaging of data mean? Is that another weird connection you have with data, Marty? Correct. I like to fuck data. <laughs> Which <Yeah>. hole, Marty? <laughs> <laughs> see you, everyone. <laughs> what does massage data mean?